Richard comes up to do the uh, scripture reading, I would ask that we bow our heads when he begins because we're reading from uh, the Lord's Prayer. So just keep that in mind. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. So we continue on in our series, The Prayer We Pray Together, Living the Lord's Prayer. And with this particular outline, we're going to focus really just on this verse. It's not going to be a lot of other verses in Scripture, as I usually use, but uh, we're just going to focus on this because this is heavy stuff right here. We're really getting to the heart of this prayer. So let's just go right into it and focus on this verse. First of all, thy will, with the focus on thy will. I have a dear friend who loves his wife, loves her, loves her with all his heart, but there's one thing that drives him nuts, and it's been going on for years. It's when they go out to eat, they get in the car, and he says, well, where do you want to go? And inevitably, she'll, she'll say, you pick, whatever. Okay, how about barbecue? Barbecue, we did that uh, a few days ago. Uh, okay, um, but, but you pick. Okay, well, what about Mexican? Mexican, don't you remember what happened last time? It really messed up my stomach. That, that just doesn't sound good. Okay, how about Greek? Remember that new Greek place? Yeah, but you know, you have found your dish that you like. I haven't found mine, so I'm going to be looking for that again, and that's not going to be any fun. Okay, well, okay, how about one of those uh, tapas places, one of those new places? No, because it's those little, little plates, and you eat half of my little plate, and I leave there, and I'm still hungry. Okay. And he goes on, and finally he says, well, how about Thai? How about Thai? And her eyes light up for just a second, but then she looks down. And obviously it's what she wants, right? And she says, well, if that's what you want, I guess we can do that. <laughs> but what's even worse is she'll say, okay, but next time I get to choose. <laughs> she really doesn't. 
he doesn't have much to do with it when it gets down to it. She's working it to where she wants it. And sometimes that's how we do it with our prayers, particularly this prayer right here. God, your will be done. You know, but what we really mean is, God, I want your will to be done as long as your will is in line with what I want my will to be. We do that. We try to get God to sign off on what we really want. I know another guy who's an alum of the university where I work, and uh, uh, I've been one of his mentors, and he has a number of mentors, actually, and he probably needs them, but, but uh, he uh, came to me one time and said, I've been talking to my other mentors, and he, he wanted, there's a woman in the company where he works, and he wanted to date her and uh, ask her out, and, and, but she's not a Christian. She's just an avowed non-Christian. And I found out later that we were all unanimous among the mentors saying that's probably not a good reason to do that. And, and we all had multiple reasons. And he said, you know, I, I agree. I remember he left my office saying, I agree. Yeah, you're right. Well, uh, found out just a few weeks later, he started dating her. And so he came back to see me, and I was like, he, he, you know, he felt like he needed to explain. And I was like, well, okay, well, well, what happened? He said, well, I asked God for a sign. And I said, well, you know, was it fire from heaven, or was it a, you know, a fleece like Gideon? What, what, what was it? He said, well, I asked if, if when I went to her and started talking to her, if she blinked twice and she did. I think he kind of rigged it, you know. And, you know, again, we want God's will to be done, but we want to kind of force it a bit toward our will, and it might not be his. We, you know, we want our musical theme to be have thine own way, but it really becomes what? I did it what? My way. There you go. But it should be thy will. When we pray this part of the prayer, it's like an alarm goes off in our heads and in our hearts, and we're like, wait, 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 watch out. You're giving up the throne. You're really giving up the throne. You know, you're giving up the my will and you're giving it thy will. You know. If I were to ask you right now, what is the thing in your life that you would be having to give up that would be most difficult? Where it's the most difficult thing for you to say thy will on this particular matter that probably gives you a visceral feeling on the inside. You really don't want it to be God's will, but we can trust God. That's the thing. We can trust God's will. He sees all things. He's never caught off guard. You know, we might think of something right immediately that we're concerned about, but, but you know, he doesn't see time unfold the way we do. He's not held hostage to time. He sees all things at once. He sees it all at once. And, and we can be obsessed about something right now, but he knows what's going on and what will be. He sees the big picture. So we can lean on him, no doubt. We can put our trust in him. Now, I'm going to go down a particular path based on a number of questions and conversations I've had with some of you this week who said, hey, you're talking about God's will this week, right? And I said, well, not exactly. Well, let me ask you this question. And I got uh, emails and texts and conversations about this. I, now, I, I'm going to go 
down this road and let me say, you might disagree with me and you and I can have a lively and lovely conversation later on and then we'll go uh, eat where I want to go and I'm not going to listen to you say, wait a minute, I don't want to go Mexican or whatever. Okay, does God will good for us? Does he will good for us? Yes, he does. God is love. I know God is sovereign and judge and righteous and many other things, but ultimately God is love. And you've heard my father's definition of love, which is love is willing the well-being of the other. And God's ultimate will is that his followers will be with him in eternity, and what a great gift that is. But we still have some people who passively assume that anything that happens is God's will. Really? Okay, here we go. And we can have a conversation later if you're, if you're really bothered by this. Does God will that terrible things happen to us? This would really take a few lectures, and maybe that's we'll do something we'll do sometime. But let me just offer in, in this very brief time an, an observation and a brief story. Here's the observation. There would be no need for us to pray that God's will be done if everything that happens is God's will. Can I repeat that? There would be no need for us to pray that God's will be done if everything that happens is God's will. But Jesus taught us to pray just that. Plus, as a member reminded me this week, Jesus would not have prayed, not my will but thine. He had a choice. Okay, now here's the story which responds to this idea that everything that happens is God's will, including terrible things. Really? The Holocaust? 9-11? Children having to suffer in different ways? Really? Let me just offer something Dr. William Sloan Coffin shared when he was pastor of Riverside Church in New York City. In 1983, Dr. Coffin lost his son Alex in a car accident Remarkably, Dr. Coffin was in the pulpit the following Sunday. As a part of that sermon, he railed against one member's attempt at comforting him. A woman walked up to him and quietly said to him, I just don't understand the will of God. And here's this preacher and grieving father, and he responded with thunderous anger. He said, I'll say you don't. Do you think it was the will of God that Alex never fixed that lousy windshield wiper of his? That he was probably driving too fast in such a storm? Do you think it is God's will that there were no street lights along that stretch of road and no guardrails separating the road and Boston Harbor? Dr. Coffin then directly addressed his Riverside congregation. For some reason, he said to them, nothing so infuriates me as the incapacity of some seemingly intelligent people to get it through their heads that God doesn't go around this world with his finger on triggers, his fist around knives, his hands on steering wheels. My own comfort lies in knowing that it was not the will of God that Alex die, that when the waves closed over the sinking car, God's heart was the first of all our hearts to break. Now, I agree with William Sloan Coffin on that. God does not will terrible things to happen to innocent people. God does will good for us. God is 
love. And love is to well the well-being of the other. And God's ultimate will is that his followers be with him for eternity. That's his will. In fact, in the Bible more than once, what does it say? God doesn't want anyone to perish eternally. But we do have a choice because we're not robotic automatons. Now, I could go on and on about that, but there we are. And if you want to talk about it later, uh, it'll be lovely. I want to go on to the second point. Thy will be done. Why highlight done? Way too often we are preoccupied with defining the will of God instead of doing the will of God. We can get obsessed with finding God's will for something in our life or assigning an event to God's will of God instead of faithfully doing God's will. And in this brief petition, you know, thy will be done, the emphasis is not on thy will be known or thy will be understood, it's thy will be done. We need to focus less on the question of what is God's will. We need to focus on how do I do God's will, which brings us to our wonderful friend, uh, Fisher Humphreys, who has preached here, taught here, one of the most Christ-like individuals I've ever known, Professor Emeritus of Beast and Divinity School. When, when, in 1982, when I was a student at Sanford, we were on a choir tour, and I heard him lecture on the will of God, and, and it was transforming for me and so many other students who were really just obsessed with what is God's will for my life, for my future mate. You know, we were even wondering, you know, what's God's will for the classes I'm going to register for the next semester? We were just that obsessed with it. And it was beautiful what he said, and it was deep and, and dense, and, and yet when he got down to what it was all about, he had three keys to doing God's will. And, he, and it was also biblically based. The first one was, and I think we've got it up here, commit yourself to doing God's will. Commit yourself to it. Secondly, what? Make the best decision you can on whatever it is. And thirdly, what? Trust God to guide you. That's it. That's really very basic and simple. And if we can only abide by that, that's it. Now, number one is the key. Your will be done is an unconditional commitment. Commit yourself to doing God's will. That's the tough one. That's challenging. You know, you're saying yes to God's will and not yours, even before you've gathered all the data and gotten some good counseling, sought all of your best thinking. You're saying yes to God wherever that's going to take you. And that's a challenging prayer to go with, but it's also a liberating one. You're saying, God, you and me, we're locked in this thing, and I'm giving it over to you, and we're off and running. And I'm going to trust you and do that which I have given over to you. And I don't need to worry about myself as much anymore. And we need to trust him even when we have twists and turns when it comes to trusting him and committing ourselves to him. Some of you know that my son Nick went to uh, TCU in Texas, Go Frogs. And uh, we would sometimes drive, you know, Deanne and I would drive all the way the, the uh, 10 hours, 11 hours from here to Fort Worth. But a lot of the times we would stop at Vicksburg, which is a good stopping place. Plus, as Richard Stevens knows, I'm a big Civil War person, and, and the uh, hotel that's right there is right across from the battlefield. So I would go over there. And it's amazing when you go way up on the hills there, uh, on the cliffs there, and you see the beautiful Mississippi River. 
And it's just incredible when you see it up there. And you just see how it does this stuff. And when you fly the length of the river, you'll find at times it, it's not just flowing you know, north to south, which is what it does. It's like most rivers. It, it starts in Canada, goes down to the Gulf of Mexico. But along the way, and you can see it here, I mean, sometimes it's going east, sometimes it's going west, sometimes it's going back toward the north. But the important thing is not the river's temporary direction, it's its ultimate, ultimate destination. And that's the way it is with God's will. You're going to find twists and turns in this broken world, even as you trust in his ultimate will. I think of Joseph in the Old Testament. After his brothers sold him into slavery, you talk about twists and turns and sometimes probably feeling like he's going back, two steps back. And nevertheless, he remained faithful, and it's incredible what he did. And do you remember when his brothers recognized him and they thought they were, he was going to kill him? And he says, what? No, you meant this for evil, but God worked it for good. And we need to remember that. If your life is flowing west or east or maybe even going back north, Instead of south at the moment, God's in charge. He's taking you in the right direction and will get you to the right destination. And that's why we can trust him. Now, finally, the, next, the last one. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why the focus on, on earth? Now, this is the linchpin of the entire prayer, the entire Lord's Prayer. We've talked about this where it says, what, verse 10, on earth as it is in heaven. But why are we focusing on, on earth? What's really amazing, why, do we, why am I talking about on earth? Because of the one who came to earth. Because what's incredible is, is there was someone who came along on earth who once perfectly followed God's will. It happened once. There was one time on earth once when God's will was followed perfectly. I love the way our friend Bill Hull put it in his commentary on the Gospel of John. He said, Jesus was that unique event by which not only the Word of God was made flesh, but the will of God was made flesh as well. The whole prayer grows out of what Jesus was doing when he came down and ministered. I love the way N.T. Wright puts it. He says, the Lord's prayer is Jesus-specific. What am I saying here? Every part of the prayer is what Jesus was doing when he came down here on earth. Everything about what he was about is in this prayer. It was Jesus who went around proclaiming that God's name was to be holy and hallowed because his kingdom had come down here on earth earth and one day it would come in fullness it was jesus who fed people bread in the desert it was jesus who went around forgiving sinners and telling his followers to do the very same thing it was jesus who faced temptation by the devil and who took on a great time of trial for us and it was in gethsemane where jesus fulfilled the deepest meaning of this petition not my will but thine Thy will be done. In the garden, Jesus himself echoed the petition in this prayer. Thy will be done. Jesus took upon himself our sin, our self-will, our self-protection, our own deserving of death. He had done nothing to deserve death, and, but he took it on for us. He was tempted, but he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. He did it all perfectly. But thanks be to God, the empty tomb and the resurrection 
prove that His is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I'm just going to close with this word from C.S. Lewis because this is it in a nutshell. Lewis said there are two kinds of people, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, all right then, have it your way. You say it one more time. There are two kinds of people, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, all right then, have it your way. Be honest with yourself, and let me just ask, which kind of person are you? Which kind of person are you? Let's pray together. Oh Lord, may we trust you as our Lord. Give us an unmistakable demonstration of what it means to live your will in this world. Show us what it is like when your divine will is not thwarted by our self-will. Let us see that your will is not compromised by our claims upon it. Reveal to us what a real, authentic, and abundant life is like when you reign supreme as king of our lives. Amen.